Welcome to Fielding Questions, a podcast produced in collaboration between Egg Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network that explores the world of farm finance and rural life. My name is Adam Albrick. Farmers are preparing for the 2022 growing season. With that comes decisions on the best way to protect their crops. Today we're going to explore the world of multi-parallel crop insurance. Here to chat with us is Joel Lisney, insurance specialist with Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Welcome, Joel. Hey, good morning, Adam. Joel, there is so much uncertainty within weather, and that's why crop insurance exists. MPCI is a tool that is commonly utilized by farmers, but what makes it so important? Honestly, Adam, a a big part of why crop insurance actually even exists is it's really a way to mitigate risk for our producers. You know, like you said, with Mother Nature having such a strong influence on how crops are produced and harvested throughout the season. Like I said, having as much of that risk taken out of the equation is a big part of it. And that's where crop insurance really comes into play here. So there are a lot of options for farmers out there when it comes to crop insurance. Where do you typically begin with a customer when they sit down and they say that they would like to explore a, an MPCI policy? Oh, sure. Well, and, you know, like I said, just to kind of kind of take it from the from ground level, uh, when we do meet with producers, the first thing we like to do is just kind of, you know, what kind of crops do you grow? Are you a three or four rotation crop kind of farmer? You know, where is your ground located? What types of yields do you generally get? Once we kind of have that grassroots kind of information, what we can do is just kind of really try and tailor a uh, policy for each individual grower, depending on where they feel like their risk might be. So then what should customers really be looking for in a policy? What makes a good fit? That's a great question, Adam, because everybody's different. Everybody has a different uh, risk tolerance, I guess, would be a good way to put it. Uh, certain producers are might be very premium sensitive. Others might be, I want to take as much of the risk out of farming as I possibly can. Um, and premium might be just something that is just part of that. So it really it really depends on the producer. And again, what uh, I know we've talked quite a bit already about what risk tolerance is, but really that's what crop insurance is meant to do. It's meant to try and take as much of the risk out of farming so that guys can, you know, market their crop effectively and just have a good idea going from year to year where they're going to be on the financial side of it. So thinking about premiums, thinking about risk tolerance, and ultimately that gets to coverage level. How much coverage comes into play with uh, different MPCI policies? In the recent time frame we were talking here, um, you know, you used to be able to just 85% coverage on your multi-parole Uh, revenue policy was primarily kind of where you could go. And, you know, I mean, you still have a little bit of risk on the top end and guys would generally cover that with, you know, hail insurance. What we see more and more of now is we see a lot more coverage being taken with area plans, things of like uh, supplemental coverage option, enhanced coverage option that actually kind of gets into that unprotected part of of the multi-peril side. Again, they're area-based coverages, but they do present an opportunity 
uh, for producers to uh, potentially protect that top end if they really want to take the risk out of that top 15%. Now, you mentioned area coverage. Could you just elaborate on, on what that all entails? Sure. Area coverages are primarily structured around how your county does. These, these coverages, uh, you know, when, when uh, FSA will ask for what the uh, guys to, you know, to report their yields and a lot of that stuff is actually done through crop insurance now, but what they'll do is they'll collect that data and, and they'll kind of determine what each crop is really kind of averaging across the entire county. So if you're, you're, you'll hear a lot of, uh, of correlations what they uh, is a pretty popular term used with area plans. And what they mean by correlation, how does your individual farm correlate with the county yields? And that uh, that's one of those uh, pieces of the puzzle that when a producer is looking at trying to maybe take as much of the risk out of farming as they can when it comes to the insurance side of the product, Correlating with the county averages will dictate if a area plan makes sense for you or maybe it does not. I mean, if your yields are way above what the county yields are, chances are that might not be good for you. Um, if you do follow right along with what the counties do, uh, maybe area plans might be something to look into. So thinking about area plans and so much of that, again, is based on data. So one would have to assume that it's a pretty important factor to pass along reliable data from everybody's farms then, correct? Correct. And one thing that to really point out with that too, Adam, is you're starting to see, and we see it every day, every year is, is, is becoming more and more accurate, I guess would be the way to put it. With all the technology that has been introduced to agriculture over the last, say, even 20 years, Things like field view, where, where guys can just get a real-time indication on where their yields are and produce these types of phenomenal reports at the end that really kind of put their operation in a nutshell. Well, when they have that data, they can you know kind of go back and see what's the county doing. Okay, well, if my yields are saying that I'm averaging close to what the county is averaging, then, like I said, going back to that area plan, maybe that's something you, uh, uh, an individual producer might want to take a look at exploring. Now, Joel, there are endorsements that are available for different policies. Could you walk us through what types sure. of endorsements exist and, uh, and what can farmers all add to their policies? <laughs> Honestly, Adam, I, I chuckle a little bit because it's gotten to the point where it's not the days of just, you know, adding trend, the trend adjustment option to your policy. Uh, we've got things like the quality loss option, things that will help make it so your policy in a year where your policy doesn't have a dramatic decrease in, in yield because of a drought like we had this year, where there's stoppers like yield adjustment that kind of play into that where it'll, it'll just kind of put, it's a safety net is what uh, a lot of these endorsements do is it's meant to protect you against a bad year. The trend adjustment, I, I mentioned that right away, that particular endorsement for your policy is is one that is such a popular option because it does actually give you some multiplier effect to your APH. Again, a lot of these endorsements 
there is a little bit of a price tag that comes with them, but in the same breath, they're meant to increase your, your APH, which in turn, based on what type of coverage you're taking, um, will increase your guarantees. And really when it all comes down to it, is trying to get your guarantees as high as we possibly can. So in a substandard year, you're looking at being able to get into a claim much sooner than uh, if you didn't have those types of endorsements in your policy. There's a number of them, like I said, with the yield cup, with the yield adjustment, quality laws, trend. I know I'm forgetting a bunch of them. Enterprise, that's a, a, a type of endorsement that you can put on your policy also with the unit structure where you put all your eggs more or less in one basket when it comes to your production. That comes into play with guys where they uh, uh, maybe are a little bit more on the um, premium sensitive side um, and tend to have you know maybe some consistent yields across the board. So they'll tend to rely on you know maybe going with enterprise. Operators that have more variability from field to field tend to go with what they call optional unit structure. Optional unit structure does it comes with a little bit more of a price tag um, as a, an option, but that way you're actually ensuring section by section production. So again, all this stuff, it really comes down to uh, you know what we said in the very beginning, it's all about risk mitigation. And if you feel like your yields are kind of all over the board, that's where optional and enterprise kind of separate themselves, so to speak. So in a year where quite a bit of the upper Midwest saw drought, um, there were also some farmers that did experience some prevented plant claims as well. So you kind of have people on, on both sides of that aisle and ultimately crop insurance can be the difference between profitability, making money and not. Oh, it totally is. And, you know, and you'll speak to a lot of uh, uh, a lot of lenders that work with their producers. And every one of these lenders will tell you that crop insurance is a necessary tool in the toolbox for guys to have. And it really is meant to protect that bottom line in a year like we just had to be able to go into a claim on soybeans and getting paid uh, $12.30 for lost bushels softens the blow a little bit in, uh, instead of having no coverage at all for that. It can really help you make it through to the next year. And, and honestly, crop insurance is, is really meant to do that, is just really soften the blow in, in event uh, of substandard yields. Well, Joel, thank you very much for spending some time and walking us through this topic. Well, thanks, Adam. I appreciate the time. And If anybody ever has any questions, feel free to reach out to your insurance agents and just really know what's going on with your policy. Well, perfect. That is Joel Lisney, insurance specialist with Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Thank you very much for listening along today. If you have any questions about a financial topic, we would love to hear from you. You can send Egg Country a message on Facebook, tweet at us on Twitter, or submit your question through our website at eggcountry.com. 